Hello, and welcome back to Nerds of Legend. Uh, I'm Ben. Uh, next to me is Joe, who will be hosting our little episode tonight, and below me is Brendan. Uh, and we decided this week uh, that we will be discussing some some Celtic uh, mythology slash folklore, uh, and we'll see where that takes us. We might do some other creation myths and stuff like that, but... Uh, we're just kind of doing like a little intro episode on some Celtic mythology and we'll see where the discussion takes us. Uh, reminder for everybody who's follows our book talks next, the book next week will be, uh, Gaskol Thraka, Prophet of the Wa by Nate Crowley. And we'll be continuing our normal scheduled D and D programming tomorrow as well. So, uh, without further ado, Joel, let's get right into it. Right. Um, I don't know if I'd say host, but uh, yeah, close enough. Key, you did, key you did the contributor. background research. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to do background research. I really hoped because, like, I like the stories of like Tirna Nog and the Tuatha mm. Dé Danann and all that other shit. I love those. And um, like reading that book, uh, Hounded, has really like because I've yeah. now read the entire series. Really, like, fired it back up to being like, I love these stories. Uh huh. So I was like, so where did it all begin? Like, let's get some Celtic lore. And uh, after a couple weeks of solid looking, I found uh, none. <laughs> There's so little. There's a lot of stories about them. But like, I was looking for like the cosmology, you know, like mm -hmm. like in, in Greek mythology, where it's like in the beginning, there was Gaia and Uranus, and they got well, they, together, created Kronos. You know, they didn't write it down. So, like, I know you've got and or they did, and they didn't really build temples like like the Greeks no, every, and the Egyptians did. So, no, like you don't like, have monuments and whatnot that are be like, oh, this is the temple of Zeus. But right. for them, they're like, uh, we we don't mess with that. <laughs> it's like all nature gods and stuff. It was all so. nature. It was all nature stuff, and. uh so it was it was interesting. I found one origin story mm -hmm. um, and I got it from ancient origins. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says in the beginning, there was only earth and sea and born of the white sea foam was the mare Iocha from an oak tree sprouted a plant and caused Iocha to give birth to the first god, Serenunos, known as the horned god. Serenunos and Aocha gave birth to many other gods and due to loneliness created humans out of the bark of the oak tree. Giants were born of the bark of the oak tree that was thrown into the water. Mm -hmm. That's it. Taken verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, this is I'm going to take this verbatim because that, that's it. That's all I got. So Seafoam made a horse, a plant made, got the horse pregnant. Boom. Yep. Then those two were like, you want to get it on? Let's yeah. do this. The cool think, thing is... Go ahead. I think that's another thing about a lot of the Celtic uh, mythology was uh, that they they tended to kind of like, you know, mix and match and like bring stuff in and then like throw parts of it away. So like I was doing some research and there's a... Um, there's like a Celtic god known as Tyrannus, who's basically like he's the th god of thunder, uh, for for Celtic. But like, uh, you, if you listen, re read up about him, I was like, that's Thor. Pretty yeah, sure that's Thor. Well, that, don't know that who that came first. Goes, 
But that's Thor. That, uh, <laughs> a lot of the differences of a lot of the, the the gods of that time. But this is this is a classic Iron Age religion. You know, the mm-hmm. they tied their gods to things they didn't really understand mm-hmm. or things that personified a thing. The the thing they um there's a shitload of river gods. There's gods of stone. There's gods of iron. There's gods of fire. Um, and it his shit. <laughs> I just I have a a scroll of all of the Celtic gods and Tyrannus. I pulled it up. Sky uh, sky and thunder, um, associated with Jupiter. First century Roman poet Lucan. Or Lucian noted that human sacrificial victims to Tyrannus were burnt in wooden tubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, is is Tyrannus part of the Tuatha de Danann? No, so, no, that um, is. See, that's another interesting thing: is the Tuatha de Danann are pretty much Irish. So same with the concept of Tyrannog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and go ahead. This, yeah, this is far enough back that tribes are not adhering to. You know, lines of nationality. They're you know they're not adhering to flags. Um, if you thought that you held claim over a throne, it was because of of birthright, not because of nationality. Like you look at the you, you look at the standard of um, of England, right? And it was the uh, the three lions of Normandy, and then the fleur de lis of France, because the Normans sat on the throne at the time of like uh, Richard the first, and figured, hey, since we come from Normandy, we have claim over that. England because we took it, and over France because we're French, and yeah. so it was, it was really more of like we own things because we think we do, right. and if we win, then we're right. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 Gallic people. I mean, the official um, like you know you think of like the lion of England and the the bald eagle of United, of the United States. The official animal mascot of France is, is Le Coq Galois, right? The 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 Gallic rooster. Mm-hmm. So the the Gales moved through mainland Europe. They distributed themselves through France down even to the Iberian Peninsula and uh and up uh into Britain. So these are peoples that that didn't necessarily settle down until there there was agriculture. I mean, you think mm-hmm. of um you think of uh Sigvald in the um Scandinavian mythos being represented as Siegfried or Sigismund uh, mm-hmm. in in the Germanic re, uh, retelling, right of um, the the Nibelung, mm-hmm. uh, the the German versions of those stories. There's uh, you know there's Jupiter being being uh, referred to as Zeus. There's the whole um, Greek, but, but Zeus and Jupiter Roman are presented thing. very very differently though. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, correct. But but they, you know, the concept of Jupiter descended from the from the Greek mm-hmm. So you, so it was, you, it was a whole scale. Like it was literally a one to one comparison. Yeah, like they they were like, let's just change the name and have them stand up a little straighter, and we're good. Yeah, yeah cut the yeah. hair, and so well, Jupiter the, didn't <laughs> sling as much dick as Zeus. <laughs> yeah. uh, What's funny is I'm I'm scrolling through so like a lot of what we know about the the mythology of the Celts is uh is from the Romans. So like I'm scrolling through this like deity list and like every other god they're like, "Oh, well, that one that's just Mars." Like yeah. what are <laughs> so like, many and they're like, like oh, river they're, god. "Oh, he's your war god? Oh, that's just Mars. You know, just just <laughs> do that instead." And they're like, "But but but it's Britannicus." It's like, "No." Mars. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you see this I spear did. right here at your throat? No. 
Oh, well, that's Mars, right? I, you okay. Know, you know, honestly, in hindsight, it, it does feel a lot like Mars. Now that you now that you've said it like that, I really feel that he, he does feel like Mars. Yeah. Um, there was one that the nerd in me made me so happy. Um, it is. It is the god Eracura, the goddess worshipped in its a uh, Roman Empire. Um. But she is involved with the underworld god, Dispater. Mm. <laughs> and for anybody who plays D&D and knows anything about the Hells, Dispater's the ruler is the archdevil in charge of the second level and the city of Dis. So I saw that because I loved the city of Dis. And I was like, my nerd, my nerd vibrated all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, it is the the similarities are were were shocking. I was hoping to find a very distinct cosmology and a very distinct belief system, um, but it is almost like it is almost like the Romans told the story of like yeah, the Celtics believed in a different named Mars, you know. Yeah, Alator is like, uh, oh, that's just Jupiter. Oh, that's just Apollo. Oh, that's right. just uh. Like every one of these um, is like there's Ahes, a goddess credited with building the Roman roads in Brittany and considered mm -hmm. a patroness of roads. Alator, identified by the Romans as the equivalent of their war god. Like all of these things have been taken by Romans and later a lot of the stories have been further taken uh, by Christians and mm -hmm. Christian lore that it all gets kind of muddied to the fact that I don't really, I was unable to find any solid like actual myth like stories. Well, maybe, like, maybe let's, uh, let's hit on some of the big ones. So like, uh, I know we said the two author did down and it's mostly like Ireland and it's not necessarily just like representative of all Celtic, but I mean, I feel like that's one of the places where you have like the least amount of drift Sort of, we we get yeah, it like straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. It, I honestly think when most people think Celtic, they probably think Irish. Yeah, they're thinking there, Irish. There's a yeah. reason. There's a reason for that because it was an island, and they got Rome. to hold on to it for the longest time. Well, exactly. So, so they were they refer to uh, when the Gauls split, they refer to them as the insular Celtic peoples of those of of um, Ireland and Scotland. And of mm -hmm. Brittany, Western Britain, and then they also refer to those that were on the mainland as the continental Celtic peoples. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, now those those in France and the Celtiberians, um, essentially, the Roman Empire superseded, um, yeah. killed you all know, of them. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they assimilated <laughs> the majority of the culture. Yeah, their, langu their languages were lost. They a lot of their. Uh, oral stories were lost to the conversion to Christianity. The only remnants are found in Greco-Roman sources and archaeology. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we we think of the the Irish and, and Scottish lore because the insular Celtic peoples retained that knowledge into the Middle Ages, where it could be recorded by uh, monks and and that sort of thing. Well, the, and, and like the like same with the Scots, like the 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 Romans never made it past Hadrian's Wall, so to speak. So like though yeah. that. So you didn't get that like uh, destruction of that culture like mm -hmm. you did in France and Scandinavia and and other places. There is a there is I a very in the um 
the story and when you look at the the primary pantheon of the the Celt the Irish gods and goddesses, you have Angus Og, Dagda, Ein, Austre, Macha, Caer, Erbomith, uh Dynet I can't ever say this one I can't say this one right. Dynect, uh Kalale, Gubnu, and Bobd Katha. And I think this one, the, the, and they all feature strong in their stories. Um, Angus Og was, he was Apollo. He mm-hmm. was beauty, love. Um, Dagda was a god of the earth. He was like their king. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the, the, the Zeus, so to speak. He's yeah. sort of like the, he's almost like the creator deity. So he, mm-hmm. uh, but Irna Nog was underground. Yeah, in in a lot of this, Tirna Nog was underground. That's why when you hear people when they say the story, they say things of the gods below because their gods, good or bad, were underground. Yeah. So Dagda ruled Tirna Nog, which is an underground kingdom. The one I really think that Ben would love, and I feel like if you decide to become Celtic, Ben, this is your god. Uh, it's Gubnu. He's the god of weapon making and blacksmith, and brews a beer that makes you immortal. That's that's the Hepfestus. That's 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 the, but I mean, there's also the Dagda because he gets Vulcan, the he gets the club of birth and of <laughs> of death and life, where he can either smack you with it and either resurrect you or kill you. <laughs> I feel that's very coincident, very convenient. And that he's got a giant cauldron that uh, produces an inexhaustible quantity of food. Yeah, that's uh, great. He's basically like portrayed as this giant oaf of a man. It's uh, like. Uh, he's he was basically the he's attributed as like the first druid. Uh, they think uh, it's assumed his name most likely means the good god, which means he's like he's g- great at everything. He's like the best Irishman. <laughs> so, yeah, so well, he's. I believe in the lo- in the stories he's married to Briad, uh, who is the, the goddess Morgan, of actually. Was it? Mm-hmm. I've heard several. I thought. Uh, so his his season is is uh uh he's really important during Samhain where it's like sort of like the transition from him to the Morrigan, which is sort of like she was seen as a winter deity. Uh, oh, um, uh, Samhain. Uh, Sam, yeah, Samhain. Uh, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, Samhain. It helps to have been corrected previously by the Pagan Student Association. <laughs> Where we See, just, I didn't go to those directed? meetings, so they had, they had pizza and great horror movies. Um, I yeah, feel so, like that's that's an important point of paganism nowadays is horror movies. Yeah, I mean it's kind of there's a, there's you got a lot of horror movies that that have got uh, pagan stuff in them. Max, yeah, the um the sort of the the darker side to what we we could consider traditional Judeo Christian. Uh, holiday, you know, mythologies. The darker side of them is always that pagan element that re- that remains. Yeah. So, um, I read I read a Deadpool annual where um, <laughs> it was Saturnalia, and so um, during Christmas, Saturn came back and was just like, "You won't have sex with me," and then like kills someone in the street of Manhattan. It's like, "You give me beer." He's like put your hands on your head, kills the cop, just, you know, because he's like, it's Saturnalia, you'll, you'll have to do what I say. And they're like, oh, oh, the chickens are coming home to roost. Um, you know, you think of Yule, you, you think of what those trees originally were, were meant for. 
Um, when you when you look at Christmas, you think of the fact that uh, Krampus in the Germanic tradition, you know, there's there's the double sided sword to you can be good and get gifts, but you can also be bad and be damned. You know, yeah. uh, I am I am acquiescing. Ben is correct. It is the Morgan. Bria is the daughter of Dag of uh, yep. Dagda. Yeah. I, I like how I like who's like he's not Dagda, he's the Dagda. Yeah, the Dagda. The Dagda. They they do a lot of proper nouns with this. The like, Ohio State University. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I wouldn't be I surprised. Love, have you guys watched like I love all this shit. Like, have you watched like Lost Girl or Yes. Um like honestly Lost Girl I thought I was gonna hate. Mm. And then you you'd like it and you're like, I would go Dark Fade because like the Morgan was hot. <laughs> 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 They're like, what do you like to do? They're like, uh, be rich and not do work. And the reason, right there. the reason why Lost Girl was so authentic is because they very accurately portrayed the Fae as dangerous and not to be trifled with. Yeah, that's a, that's a, what I like about um, the Dresden Files. You know, like with the Never Never, yeah. is the city and are very scary. Yeah, like it is not it is not a story. And what's funny is. We think of fairies and pixies as like, you know, Harry Potter. They're like this big and they like to create a little bit of mischief. Mm-hmm. But like, these are some serious things. Yeah. yeah there's a difference yeah. between the fae and fairy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it, in they're so heavily pictured in like Norway. Like they everything they do is, mm-hmm. you know, in Scandinavia, everything they do is attributed to something happened to the mm-hmm. fae or the Hildefolk or whatever, you know, like. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but the pronunciation uh, Labor Gabala Eren, which is the book of the taking of Ireland, uh, was written in the 11th century during the Middle Ages. Like like most Irish mythology that's retained, it's been translated or written down uh, through the Christian t- tradition of monks and so what during the Dark Ages to to return to retain it. Uh, but that's where you get the Tuatha de Danann being recorded as being one of the, the six. So um, the idea in Irish mythology is that we are the current people, but we are the sixth of the races of Ireland to, to live on it. Uh, so there are the people of Cesare, who are then replaced by the people of uh, Partholon, replaced by the people of Nemed. For those who play D&D, uh, they were then replaced by the Fearbolg. Which are, which are now a race, which I love. They are, they I, were, I, yeah. but they are not gentle giants like they are in D and D. No, they're not. Um, no, the, they are very much not. The Fearbolg were uh, subjugated by the Tuatha de Danann, and replacing mm-hmm. them, the Malaysians, um, the people of Ireland are actually the group, the group to take over the island from the Tuatha de Danann. So even though we regard them historically as the as Ireland's pagan gods, they're actually the previous, the previous group of people to hold dominion over the island. Nice. Yeah. Go upstairs, please. But they were all. What's neat is like the majority of the the their their pantheon started out as people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, the Fearbolg were were a people. They they were a civilization. The, these aren't just uh, considerations. Well, the gods also are. A lot of them started out as people. Yeah, in, yeah. in, in comparison to us, almost it, it it's it's like um, they're not just oh they're living on top of a mountain and can throw lightning. They're they have their own ways, their own cultures. They have their own beliefs, and they're like a. Yeah. It's comparatively that they're deities, but to them, they're just the people that are ruling there. I always thought that was very interesting. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of other. Go ahead. 
Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of their a lot of their like folk heroes almost like ascend to godhood and like they might be have some like maybe this like uh maybe the dogda was just some like Irish king that had like a lot of food all the time and carried a big <laughs> he had old club. a magic stick that could raise you from the dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, like, that's really a lot good of fun. at like really good at medicine because he was a druid. He might be really good at medicine. Had a you know was known for whacking people with a club, and also like he was you know really good at like food preservation. So he always had a stew ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's very interesting to think about the conditions of the island and its geographic limitations and its peoples leading, you know, to being an influence to the belief system. Like we think of Mount Olympus, uh, the Greeks thinking that's where the Pantheon lived because it was so high and unattainable and so far up there. You don't see massive mountain ranges in Ireland. So it makes sense that like you have, it was you underground. Have the, yeah. Yeah. And, and you have the barrows. Uh, it's where the idea of barrow whites come from because things were, you know, the highest thing around, was maybe a burial mound. Yeah. And um there you well, know so those were seen as the gates to the other world. Oh yeah. Those those barrows or or burial mounds were used as like they were seen as the way to get to the the other world or underworld depending on what translation you're talking about. Which is downwards. Yeah. It, it would be interesting to think how that belief might have been changed or influenced if Ireland had had massive mountain ranges if they had gone the Greek way. And thought of upwards rather than well. It, it, that is true. The topography of the land is makes you think that would like. To be fair, to be fair, Hades is down, but yeah, but is up. Everything else yeah. is up. Yeah, and it is there. It isn't a really dynamic landscape. I mean, I know it's. You know, I didn't look into anything of the belief system of Scotland because, strangely enough, it seemed like that was left out. Like they were not considered Celtic. So, Maybe they also were in Scotland my looking, had the Picts. Yeah, there were some they were they were like separate. Maybe it's because they had mountains. Maybe they're like, no, no, we've got prettier stuff to put our gods on. You can go get drunk underground. The, the, the thing to remember about about um England, Wales, Scotland, and then to an extent Ireland, is for such a relatively small man last compared to where we are, there were many different peoples. Mm -hmm. So the proto English languages on the island. I mean, there's Manx, there's the there's the Picts, there's the Brythonic base, um, there's the there's the Celtic base. I, I, yeah, it's the Brythonic. Like, uh, there's there's like f there were five five main like language bases on the island, and this is before um, invading parties from the Vikings. Mm -hmm. And and then you have this, the Anglo-Saxons. Sac yeah, the, the Saxons yeah. show up. Yeah. Then there's the Anglo-Saxon tradition where they where they bring Christianity to the island, and then there's the Normans. Uh, who come to the island, Harold Heldrada dies in the Battle of Hastings. You then have the Norman influence on the island. Uh, you just have so many, it, it really is a melting pot. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you don't have, you don't have a native Engli English um, line on the throne to what the House of Tudor from yeah. Hastings. So there's... Well, because even before the Saxons showed up, you had the Romans were there like messing around and leaving you know, bathhouses and stuff behind like bathhouses and paved roads and, and, and rock walls and going, you know what? I'm, it's not worth it. And then like a hundred years later they were gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's all these, it, it's, it's like a uh, seasoning, right? There's all, yeah. there's all these different spices. And um, 
you, you can't help but think that to some extent these affect the belief systems. Yeah. I mean, if like every 300 years, there's a new, new, you know, guy in charge <laughs> or new, yeah. like uh family in charge, I'll say, or people in charge, the, you, you kind of have this, this melting pot where, you know, lots of different th- influences and things happen. Yeah, it was, I found it to be, I felt like I was reading pieces when I looked at it. I felt like I was reading pieces of like everything. Norwegian mythology. Um, I felt Greek, obviously Greek and Roman. I felt like it was just a s- smattering of everything. And it is, it is because there's so many people that have come and gone um, and brought their piece. And when it's an oral tradition, you know, it's like one massive game of telephone, mm-hmm. you know, that it could yeah. change from one telling to another. Because the one thing I did find really amusing is like in Ireland, a lot of their God, like, <laughs> like, the be- they give immortality in the best way. You know, like in Norway, you've got Idun's apples who, you know, you got to eat an apple. Fuck that. In Ireland, you've got beer and bacon. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's... All right, that's tell the- me the bacon. Manon- tell me about the bacon thing. Because that sea sounds god, like... The sea god is Mononen McLear. And uh, obviously, he's a... He's a character you know, influenced by Poseidon. But what Mononen does, and this, I, I, I'm curious if this is raised, you know, gets a piece of, you know, Thor with his goats that he could kill and eat, but he has a, he has a herd of pigs that he could kill them, make bacon out of them, and the entire herd resurrects in the morning. So he could yeah. kill the entire herd, make bacon out of it, and eat it. And it's then like Thor the whole, and his goats. Yeah, Thor and his goats, but it's bacon, and you eat this bacon, and you never die. And I'm like, compared to that Gubnu, like you got beard bacon sandwiches and you're good to go forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the greatest, the greatest combination. Our um, our viewers would be remiss if we didn't bring up Cook Cullen. The what? So, Cook Island. Yeah. So we, we we've made analogs to uh, to um, the Irish pantheon and, and their relations to, Hey, they have their own version of, of Vulcan. They have their own version of Zeus, you know, and so on. Um, the Irish analog to Hercules would be Cullen. Um, his mother being mortal, his father being, uh, being a God. Um, he's, he's essentially the warrior archetype, um, also known as the Hound of Ulster. Um, you'd think of him as a demigod being, being half God and, 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 uh, half mortal. Uh, he's he's known in the Ulster cycle in Ireland as well as in Scottish and Manx folklore. So the the Scottish uh, Gaelic tradition also has their stories about him. Yeah. Um, he's got a spear that uh, called Gebolga, which uh, uh, with a single strike inflicts thirty wounds on an enemy. Um, he's he has there's a ton of like uh, Celtic myths that. Uh, go around it's all like you said it's almost herculean uh of him defending so of of him going on adventures where he like defends ulster from an army or uh he he gets in you know amorous engagements with warrior queens or fairies um oh it's a, yeah. also a little another herculean thing where he has a tragically killed his own son um, yeah. uh and he he is known for his agility and skill, but 
he ultimately gets killed by sorcery. It's just like how Hercules dies. There's a lot yeah. of tie-ins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, a heroic figure dying to perfidy, um, having not only martial feats but amorous feats. They don't mention this in the Disney movie, but the first labor of Hercules was impregnating 50 women in a wedding party. So <laughs> there's, you know, yeah, yeah. They don't they don't really talk about that much. Uh, I mean, I guess he has that like harem. I mean, that's, is like, that really a labor, his, or is like, that? His, like, <laughs> Yeah, not for him. It, w- it was not a labor for him. It was very easy, but yeah, in one evening. I mean that that I'm gonna say that that sounds like a labor. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, the, it sounds the impossible. Amount, That's what it sounds like. <laughs> the amount of work you would have to put in and hydration needed to produce that. Don't don't and uh, there's an uh, inadvisable amount of uh, Viagra. Which yeah. they didn't have back then. <laughs> Maybe that's the actual direct translation of Hercules is priapism. Yeah. So <laughs> he's just That's the power of Ambrosia. Yeah. It's the power of Ambrosia, is a permanent boner of, and a full scrot all the time. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I just it's it and what's funny is again, I love this looking through these stories and piecing through them is are they not any more different than, you know, Superman or, no. you know, Spider-Man? It's just a little bit different. Like we don't need a guy that's got a spear that puts 30 holes in somebody with one stroke. You know, we got Deadpool who can get his hand cut off and put it back on and then go shoot people, you know, but it's, it's, if we would explain Deadpool back then, they'd be like, that's stupid. You know, it's these are just the stories we tell ourselves because they they make us feel I don't know safer. We always like the story of like the big hero out there knowing there's this guy out there keeping everybody safe. And and I'm looking through I'm looking through this one and yeah, he's he's Hercules. Yeah. You know, he's he's got to defend a a herd of cattle overnight. Um, you know, and but you know, the, probably these are demon cattle, like in Hercules. Uh, <laughs> he's got to steal a sacred bull, um, hold off an army single handedly. Um, it's it's there's a lot, there's a lot. I was I was surprised though, and how little, how many stories there are, but how little like fleshing out in the middle there is you know like if you want to read about asgard you can read about asgard there's stories of what is in asgard there's stories of what is in um mount olympus Mm -hmm. uh both greek and roman and the differences you can even go so far as to read the stories of like what people thought atlantis was like and this and that but there's very little i found stuff that's like the island of when you go into uh Tierna Noakes. It's a some is underground. Some is a series of islands, and it's like the island of youth, the yeah. island of beauty, the island of plenty. Sometimes it's and, considered un- underground. Other times it's like an island, mystery island off the coast of Ireland. Yeah, or a um, series of islands that yeah. are shrouded in mist. But and but there's nothing that anybody can agree on. So it seems like if each person in each area, they they're like, no, no, this is what I heard. And this is what I heard. And this is what I heard. And they they have changed so drastically because 
when you look at this and the Celtic gods of just the Irish pantheon, there's over 300. And they all can't, you can't actually function. You know, I, this is me, but of course I was raised in a monolithic culture, you know, mm. where I'm like, 300 gods, how do you go to church? Like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. But I know, and, and maybe it's like the things like venerating like the and streams and mountains and rocks and all that. That shit. really big tree over there. That yeah, giant that tree rock. over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's Tim, and he's a god of that tree. You know, yeah. like that. That makes it a little bit different. Um, but I I find that it it's what makes it interesting to me, and I'm definitely going to keep reading because, like, I sound like I did right now. I sound like I have done no reading, and this is all the reading I've done, and I'm still equally as confused as I was from the beginning. I think I knew more in my head in the beginning just based off various fantasy books I read watching a shitload of Lost Girl, Mm -hmm. and I was more confident in my knowledge to now that I've started looking at it, like, I'm now cracking the Dunning-Kruger system, and I'm like, I don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's I I I was much more confident that I knew a lot of it. And yeah. now I, just getting into it I'm like, man. Yeah. I'm wasting everybody's time on this on this podcast and I feel guilty. The 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 Gallic, the Celtic traditions. I mean, even today they're the Gaeltox, they're the counties in Ireland where only um only Irish, only Gaelic is spoken just to try to mm-hmm. retain to retain the language and help it to survive. I mean, the the, peop- the peoples of the British Isles have been subjugated for so long. Uh, you know, fighting to retain those cultures has has has, has never really been over, right? That's that's been a, a continual thing. Um, that's why, if we want want to look at um, Celtic Gaelic mythology, the strongest um, areas where, where 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 this has been retained and written down and, and protected and cataloged have been. Uh, Ireland and Scotland, where where the Christian mm-hmm. tradition actually recorded them. Um, I I would love we have we we are getting a, a a larger every week we get a little bit more of a percentage of the UK. So I'd be thrilled if like one of the listeners from the UK was like, hold on, I'm gonna come on and set you guys straight. Like <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. Just stop talking. Right. Start, start listening. Right, right from the horse's mouth. Just come out there and be like, my dad told me. Fucking, I would listen to that dude talk all damn day. He could make shit up, and I'd be like, "Well, your accent makes you more reputable than I am." So, well, if you're uh, <laughs> if you're one of our UK listeners, uh, feel free to uh, bitch slap us with corrections uh, via oh, yes. legends at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if you want to come on the show and correct us, yeah, do it. We yeah. would be thrilled. We are not above knowing we are wrong about lots of stuff. We're all I... married, and we are told that we are wrong about stuff. I dare you. I won't dare. I'll ask respectfully, <laughs> but there's there's something in the American tradition known as the triple dog dare. Oh. If you are a triple dog dare, you cannot refute the challenge. <laughs> yeah, but you can't just throw it that into the air. That needs a direct. Mm-hmm. You need That's to directly challenge. It's the a triple dog dare. You have to escalate to it. Yeah, you can't. Just yeah, but that out, needs that needs to be directly given. I, you can't just throw it out. That means I could be like, it's not an all in. points bulletin. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Imagine if that's how it work. <laughs> I just Again. go to the bank teller. I'd be like, I triple dog dare you to give me four million dollars, and they're like, <laughs> Ben, I triple dog dare you to fix the 3D printer. <gasps> ben, I told you I finally figured it out. That's true. He's got the Allen wrenches. 
<laughs> just I having figured a tool out how to fix my printer the other tool. night, and then I realized that I, uh, a few days prior, had uh, put my Allen wrenches in a safe place that that came with the printer. And I don't know where that safe place is now. Even that's, though it was... that's because it's extraordinarily safe. Very yeah. safe place. Safe yeah. even from myself, you would say. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. And it's not, it's not due to forgetfulness. So, that, so then to... I just bought myself a set of metric Allen wrenches, and now we're, gonna, now we're cooking with gasoline. Now we're back to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but yeah, we, we don't. We are very open to the fact, like, we do not understand, like, we do not fully know these legends as they are, as we have been raised or steeped in them. Like, I would love to meet on. somebody who who does and understands these, much as we, all of us being raised in the Christian faith, like, a lot of us know our mythos, yeah. our stories. Um, I guess uh, one thing we could do is continue going in a little bit on some, like, other prominent ones you might have come across oh yeah uh, so we talked about the dagda we talked about tyrannus a little bit or tar tyrannus or tyrannus or whatever the yeah, hell his we name could, is we could take a little journey on each one so as we've we got go. you know another big one you know since we brought up the dagda we've got the the morrigan uh, that one's awesome the morrigan is great babe, um but also deadly <laughs> uh but she uh, sounds she sounds like a very convenient valkyrie you yeah. know, like they had the horde of Valkyries, and the Irish are like, "Yeah, fuck that. We'll do with one chick." So she's not. So she, <laughs> so she's, she's got like but she's not parts. like a. She's not like a screaming lady on a horse, though. Uh, no, she is a. She's uh, because she's most closely associated with uh, ravens or crows. She's uh, like one of her forms is the battle crow. Yeah, the chooser so the of the slain. Crow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so she, but so she's not like Which a. Is, She's not like picking warriors out, like to take them to like some place in Tirnanog. She's literally just the god goddess of death. Uh, she uh, she takes the form of a crow, and uh, she uh, is while also being the one that is the bringer of death and the ca causes in the basically a war god. Uh, she is also because of her relationship with the Dagda. She is a fertility goddess um who is also celebrated during uh the Samhain so you've got you know with Halloween and that's kind um, of awesome yeah you die you get to <laughs> you born like uh, but that makes sense because cyclical yeah it and, makes uh, a lot she's of she's associated with crows and ravens because of you know that's they're kind of like after a battle's done the first thing to show up I guess and apparently in Ireland is the you know the crows and ravens uh, but what I makes guess they it don't have vultures out there, but <laughs> in her being no vultures, no snakes, and her being a fertility goddess and the chooser of the slain, the Celtic, the a lot of the Celts believe in reincarnation, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like you get to try again, you're fucked. Like not yeah. you, but <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, she's also uh, apparently prominently featured in multiple unsuccessful attempts in uh, attempting to seduce the Kukalan. Uh, Kylan? Well, she's in everything I've read was she's supposed to be frequently naked and incredibly hot. Yeah. So 
I, that's uh, from your that's from your book, which I mean, uh, no, no, I, I found stories, but yeah, in the books, she also is incredibly hot and very yeah. much naked. The, the, but I've seen other stories, and in the way I like to think about it, is she's hot and naked all the mm -hmm. time. Because that was, that was the Iron Druid series. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I've also seen other stories where she's naked a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, or maybe I just I just because I read the Iron Druid, and then we're like, let's talk about the Morgan, and because I want to see the Morgan from Lost Girl naked all the time. Maybe I just decided she was always naked. <laughs> <laughs> I just just threw that in there. Like, just eh. gotta, gotta, gotta dig that one in a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, another another big deal one. You've got um, you've got uh, Lugus or L Logos or Luke or L uh, Lugus. He's got a bunch of different names. Uh, uh, Apparently, he's uh, prominent in a bunch of the different uh, sort of pantheons, uh, particularly Some in France. Some did span all across. Um, like he's uh, particularly quoted by in uh, uh, Julius Caesar's writings, um, who describes him as the supreme Celtic god, which it's probably just like most of the Celts that he was killing at the time happened to worship him. So he's like, this is obviously their supreme god. Um <laughs> He's basically the god of uh, uh, sun and light. Uh, he's sort of like an Odin-type figure as he's uh, considered all-wise and all-seeing. Um, he, he becomes another sort of culture, uh, cultural hero um, um, because of his abilities with... Uh, he becomes Luch Lamfota. Uh, meaning long-armed or of the long hand because of his prowess with throwing weapons. Um, also, Luke Samlidlanach, which uh, meaning skilled in many arts and crafts. Um, and he's uh, one of the two Atha... He leads the two Atha Danan in one of their sort of um, wars against the Fomorians. Um, they're sea-based monsters. Yes. Which, are, like, which is cool. It's cool because... Um, but the Fomorians are. When you're an uh, island culture, uh, your the sort of comes foes, from the sea. Yeah, your foes come don't come from within most of the time, right. especially on an island like Ireland or Britain, where like you know they kind of took care of their wolf problem pretty quickly. But like, mm -hmm. uh, when like you keep having Vikings show up and kicking your asses and yeah, taking your women and sea. stealing all your shit. Uh, it's probably, be, you know, you, you start associating with, like, all the bad, bad guys come from, like, the water. <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense, though. It does. Uh, yeah. It's it. The, the regional differences is what makes what makes it interesting and in how a lot of stuff, the bad comes from underground when you're a big when you're continental, you know, yeah. or the sky. Like yeah. your bad could come from the sky, but when you're in the when you're a small island nation, almost everything comes as as well as a lot of your bounty also comes from the sea. Like there's a lot of faith put into it. And that's another thing is like I want to not now, but in the future, look at kind of like the the Polynesian, the small island nations. Look at their the Pacific Islander and their belief systems because they're they're so heavily dependent on the sea see how their legends kind of like pan out yeah but we are coming up on time what do you guys do you guys want to continue this or do you want to look at something new 
Uh, I think uh, we, we we're gonna need to do some more research on this topic. I think we might be might want to be a little bit more focused next time. Uh, but uh, Brendan had an interesting one, and he that he was sounds like he was willing to kind of lead the discussion. Uh, would you like to put forth your your plan there, Brendan? Sure. So, uh, for those watching, you may or may not know of Howard Carter and his successful excavation of King Tutankhamun's tomb in 1922, the media frenzy that followed, and the near paranormal ways in which the members of his expedition began to slowly, mysteriously die. Mm -hmm. So, I suggested that we cover King Tutankhamun. Um, the mummy craze at the time, um, mummies were being exhumed at such a rate that people were actually, uh, selling mummy paper as, um, as a, <laughs> as a, as, yeah, yeah. As a souvenir. The, this paper's a hundred percent genuine mummy. Also, don't the, forget the powdered mummy that was sold as a sort of, uh, aid in virility and, uh, Viagra, so to speak. That they that's awesome. Was, yep. Uh, there was there was a was time a when so, marital so, aid. <laughs> so many mummies were being exhumed that the that the corpses were being desecrated for the purpose of capitalism. Yeah. Uh, so I figured we cover mean, the most mummy of it was probably just like uh, you know fireplace ashes, but you know it's also some of it was probably mummy. Yeah. I mean, like that's a shitload of mummies if you're able to get them. Like you have to have the shills coming in and out. Yeah. There there was a time when there wasn't. Uh, when there wasn't an interest in exhuming them and then it sort of exploded and um you had i mean i mean this is stuff that was front page news um these are people that became i mean howard carter became a celebrity overnight mm -hmm. uh so covering covering the mythology of of the pyramids and the the way that those of of high repute were buried uh the 20s and and the sort of um the if you ever seen the Mummy movie with Brendan Fraser, the sort of idea of this of this high adventure and and uh, you know the the curses contained therein. I mean, uh, how often did you not watch an Indiana Jones movie or something like that and be like, "That's my future"? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna Def do. Definitely I mean, wanted to be a paleontologist when I was or a archaeologist. Child. <laughs> Why not um, both? Why not both? They had a young Indiana Jones. I don't. I want to mm. say I was like maybe nine. I don't know, but. There's they, a little like Hardy Boy type book series or comic book, wasn't there? The Indiana yeah. Jones Chronicles, and yeah. the the first book he gets kidnapped by Pancho Villa, mm -hmm. and, and but but he had a book that he would, and it had like the perfect illustrations and all this stuff. Like you could tell this was not done by a ten year old child. But mm. when you're ten, you don't know any better. So I bought like a whole shitload of these books so I could catalog my adventures, and uh, yeah, I found them a few like. 10 years ago and they were just filled with shit there's nothing useful in it but like i was doing big things at the time all i needed was a book <laughs> no no it's just a fucking dork in the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah nowhere to do but wander around the field wander and... around and draw trees being like this will be significant for people in the future trying to follow in my footsteps <laughs> nobody cares about my parents willow tree oh well <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so we're going to be doing that. We're going to be talking talking about the curse of King Tut, the uh, sort of mummy craze that occurred at that time and afterwards, 
and uh, just a little bit. We might get into a little bit of you know some some Egyptian stuff. So that's yeah. going to be uh, our topic two weeks. Which for now. thankfully is much better written down. Yes. <laughs> now there's newspaper has... clippings. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if we end up taking a dalliance into Egyptian mythology, if there's one thing the Egyptians did well, it was write shit down. Well, el- pictures anyway, but yes. <laughs> that, that would still is language, though. There. Of the seven wonders of the world, only the Egyptian pyramids at Giza still stand. They, uh... I, feel, I feel like because nobody went to Mexico to be like, holy shit, there's pyramids here too. (laughs) (laughs) Machu Picchu still stands. Right. I mean, if you look at the seven wonders of the world, most of them are like pretty much like in Europe. Yeah. 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 They're like the seven wonders of the world. They're like, there's more world. And they're like, "Eh, but it's all the way over there. There can't be any (laughs) more. Seven's a good number to quit. That was a good number. (laughs) It's a very good, it's a very good point, Joel, because uh, they're now considered the seven wonders of antiquity because there's the new seven wonders Uh that, that includes uh, the great wall of China. That includes Machu Picchu. The great wall of China was just smacked out just 20, 30 years ago. It's brand new. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, I guess, I guess they're the second class in the hall of fame or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But uh, South America is, is considerably more represented now in the, in the new seven wonders and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, Sorry, we had trouble a little bit more trouble finding information that we thought we were gonna going to, but uh, I thought that shit was just gonna be sitting out there. I knew it was gonna be like lost, like a lot of it was lost to blame the uh, Romans. Just blame the yeah, Romans. Yeah, I, bl- I do. Well, I, I I normally default to just blaming Christians, whatever big empire oh, was. Shit. Yeah, um. yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, normally I just. But actually, that's the only reason we know as much as we do. I feel like is because yeah, actually, of uh, Christian monks in Ireland. <laughs> typically, I blame the Catholics for being like, "Yeah, they're they're why everything's gone." Not current Catholics. I myself am a current Catholic. Uh, so. You have Saint Bede chronicling the uh, the tales of Beowulf and among other things. Yeah, yeah. but McCullough. the Catholics pulled it out on this one, and they actually were able to get the majority of the information. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cullen is yay, so highly yay, revered. Yay. He's so highly revered. There's a there's an Irish tale that Saint Patrick. Recalled the ghost of Cucullin for a, for a seance and convinced him to accept Christianity so he could go to heaven, which is probably one of the earliest cases of retconning I've ever. I mean, heard it's of. also believed that Saint Bridget was also from you know Catholic tradition was also uh, basically <laughs> just, just like a pulling together of like a bunch of like tales about Bridget, the god of the two, what uh, the god Bridget from the from Celtic Celtic myth as well. That is that is amazing <laughs> that he's like, hold on, I need to I need to perform. A, the funny yeah. is the seance is like was active witchcraft. Yeah, like well, that's what makes it so funny. He's like, no, no, he no, called him need, out. He called him out. It, 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 it wasn't it, it wasn't an occult seance. It was more of like, Cucullin, I'm calling you out. You're cool. Yeah, he's like, listen, um, yeah. we need. The seance. I know. I know. It's against everything we believe in. Because because the the like the Irish warlords were like, to... our god can beat up your god. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's your god? Uh, Kukulin. I, I love that. He's like, idea. well, well, um, hey, Kukulin. Hey, about... <laughs> I they, feel um... it's an easier sell, honestly, <laughs> to take somebody from the dead and be like, 
you want to be Christian? Because if everybody's wrong, like yeah. if we're all like if they're wrong, like we're operating on the side of the Celts at this point in time. If the Celts were wrong and the Christian hell was real, which meant you only go to hell if you don't believe in God, right? That That's the big yeah. thing through the whole thing. So that's a real easy sell. He brings it back. He's like, how was hell? Was it pretty badass? Yeah. No. Want to be Christian? I do now. All right, then. Apparently, you're already there. St. Patrick so, was, was visiting a king, King Loguer, uh -huh. attempting, attempting to convert him. The king's like, I'll accept Christianity if you can call Kukulun from the dead and bring him here. Mm -hmm. So Patrick did it. Kukulun appeared on his chariot. And the and St. Patrick's he like appeared from the dead. He was he got to take his chariot with him. Yeah, yeah. And so St. Patrick's like, all right, here he is. Accept Christianity. And then the king's like, I don't know. That was pretty brief. And so, and so I need a long term acceptance. St. Patrick tells him, "God is so powerful, you'll see Cucullin again." Mm -hmm. So Cucullin comes back. He salutes and addresses St. Patrick, confirms that it is him, Cucullin, not a demon. He's like, "Hey, King." <laughs> Hey, King. He's like, it, I got this birthmark right here. It's it, it's me, Kukulin. <laughs> yeah, he's flexing and shit. Kukulin implores King Loger to believe that not only is St. Patrick honest, but that God is real. There's a dialogue when Kukulin recounts his life. Um, the king is convinced to accept Christianity. Um, at the end of this, the saint also declares Kukulin is also able to go to heaven. It sounds like a, it sounds like a. Is this first this sounds like of... a con. This sounds like so much like a like a grift. It's a retcon. This is a retcon. Yeah, it has. No, to be. this sounds like, this sounds like Saint Patrick found a guy that looked like a looked like Kukulin from a tapestry, and was like, "Hey, bud, <laughs> just threw blue paint on him." Right? <laughs> I'm telling you that, and that is the first example of evangelicism in the world. Well, Just I mean, wanting like, to get whatever you want. Well, that's another interesting one. Is like there's the whole thing of like St. Patrick driving the snakes out of Ireland, and then recently it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, there were never snakes in Ireland. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's because the, it, because the whole snakes driven out of Ireland thing was basically like St. Patrick like uh, convinced the Celts to like get rid of like a, a druidic death cult known as the serpents now well haven't you heard the story about how i freed naperville from the giants yeah no because you haven't seen any giants here so no, right Damn. no but there's <laughs> a, there was a druidic cult that was all hail the king the, the yeah. serpents yeah. and that's how saint patrick got rid of the snakes from ireland it was talking I, about I am... the cult that he got rid of <laughs> the but i love how in the passing it down it's like snakes Mm -hmm. I think it's more badass to be like, hey, I got rid of a death cult as opposed yeah. to snakes. Yeah. Like, snakes are dumb. They go to warm stuff, and if they're cold, they stop moving. Like, yeah. It's not really a serious threat. Yeah. I'm going to go out and get them on this lukewarm day. Oh, okay. Death cult. Much scarier. All right. So, next week. Next week we got Gus Kothraka, Prophet of the Wa, on and on a very Monday. upset Missy. Miss we were going to be coming <laughs> back to Monday. We'll probably have to explain a bunch of 40k stuff and also talk about the book and apologize and to Missy, Missy and or... also apologize to Missy. <laughs> also apologize to Missy. Yeah, 
but now we no longer have that hanging over our heads as the reason for oh. continuing this. So what she is might, your Trump? She might what never is- agree to do another book talk with us, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we are we are not certain that Missy will ever join us again after this book. She may stop reading altogether. I did I did say that she could come at with with both barrels with like the worst, like schlockiest romance book she could throw at me for, for I, you time, realize so. what she's just going to do is go hard into her favorite genre which is victorian romance yes i know yeah i'm aware so, thank, thank god i i, I, I was hoping i was like as long as it's not like a cowboy christmas <laughs> what the hell is that paperback smut joel mm-hmm. oh okay yeah well that too. one of those books that's got like uh antonio banderas on the cover or, or this like, is a uh, long-haired dude with no yeah. shirt Sergio. Yeah. yeah that's in on a horse right yeah mm-hmm. the bodice rippers she's a fan of those the and the fact rippers. that i'm married to her is why i know about bodice rippers because that is I what they know that called. was like what that was that's called, a genre now i know term. yeah yeah it is so and uh does Missy know the show Poldark? I have no idea. That's a, a bodice ripping. It's sh- a bodice ripping show. That's what Colleen and I watch. So if you just if throw you, my computer away, I'm sorry. If you ever want Missy to love you forever, just watch Poldark with her. It's it's a good show. It's got Aiden right. Turner in it. Uh, sexy dwarf. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well again, uh, next week, nah, next Monday. This is my last episode Monday, after ending on that. a Prophet of the Wall. And then uh, tomorrow we'll be continuing our adventures in Candlekeep where we'll be starting a new chapter. So, uh, And I am level 11. No. Stop wow. giving yourself stuff. You're not the DM anymore. <laughs> I just want, I'm hoping one day you'll be like, yeah, that sounds right. Well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for watching. We've been Nerds of Legend, and we'll see you again tomorrow.